0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into The Fire Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Beth. And we are on the eighth and final for this season episode of Rings of Power. Alloyed is uh, the title. So we start off with the stranger traveling through pleasant looking woods in the rain, which um, the words on the screen reveal to be Greenwood the Great. Which will later be known as Mirkwood. Now and... It's Greenwood. Yeah, it looks like pleasant... Uh, no pleasant traveling forest and... <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, like, w- how many things are different between... Murkwood when it's Greenwood, and Murkwood when it's Murkwood. I mean, I understand that, um, Sauron's shadow over it later, um, changes quite a bit about it, but, I don't know how much is Sauron's activity and how much is just, um, Greenwood being Greenwood. Uh, That tangent aside, he's... He's traveling, and... He, uh... Unwraps his apple from his star chart wrapped around it, and it's raining, and his star chart is getting wet. And... You're not a peril, you're good, echoes in his uh, memory... And next you see this brown-cloaked figure, and he tries to follow. And it appears to be Nori. But then the face changes, and it's, it's not the...
1: Nori. It's the... one of the three... I don't know what to call them exactly.
0: They're... I've been calling them priestesses.
1: Priestesses.
0: And the three others are with her, and she offers the apple back again. And says, we came to serve you, Lord Sauron. And the stranger just looks confused by this.
1: Well, then it cuts to the uh, intro. So what, uh... No, you pointed out something really, really interesting about uh, these priestesses.
0: Um... Well... (laughs) The design of their cloaks and carrying the Staff. I mean... They remind me a lot of the... Angmarim priests and priestesses from the Lord of the Rings online video game who... appear to be some kind of cultists who are... in the cause of Sauron and... um, possibly in the footsteps of Morgoth too... They're pretty annoying to fight because they can do things like, you know, summon the evil spirit so you're fighting two enemies at once. And in this game, they're not just women, there's men too. But I feel like this might be a reference to them. Like maybe there's um, some video game references in this. Allegedly there's also something that might be a Shadows of Mordor reference too, but since I'm not a Shadows of Mordor player... I'm We're not
1: sure. We're not going to jump the gun on that because I have to verify certain things. But it
0: seems to be... The
1: point is overall is that there seems to be video game references being brought on, which could help with the story... Uh, any sort of limited storyline that they have.
0: I think do. the Peter Jackson Hobbit movies have video game references in them yeah, too, we'll, which I'll go more into. We'll do that, yeah. You know, if, later. you know, when in. Someday I'll podcast about them, but it is not this day. <laughs> and it is Tolkien canon that there were people who worshipped Sauron, so it's not like it's. That d- big a departure from something implied to exist in the setting, but yeah, we get to the intro, and after that's done, you see Galadriel and Halbrand riding hard, and Halbrand is kind of bent low in his saddle, but otherwise he's riding pretty good for somebody who's got um a bad stomach wound that's you know practically untreated. And, um, next it moves to Celebrimbor and Elvon are discussing what they can, um, do. do without, you know, more Mythful, because they just have a little chunk of it. So what, if what they... can
1: they do with that little chunk of the mithril?
0: And what if they had a way to do more with less, because the sun once was so small it would fit in the palm of his hand, apparently, uh, but Elrond is. Uh, but can they hope to match the the power of the sun? And they don't have much time. And they have to inform the king of their failure. They should sail. And next, Galadriel and Halbrand arrive, and he does look uh, pretty bad. Yeah. Can you help him? And, and next, you know, he's in whatever their elven, uh, healing just, room yeah, being. It just looks like a
1: bed with, uh. like it's meant to be sort of a. a, a, a medical bed, but not really, so it's, I guess, a. Uh, I
0: think it's much like whatever photo was taken to when he had that Nazgul blade dug out.
1: Yeah, so. it's one of their beds to recover in.
0: And. Um Galadriel asks how are your paths crossed with the King of the Southlands? Um Elon says he never should have sent sent Galadriel on the ship. He should have trusted her and um Galadriel says that she jumped from the ship because she um believed in her heart she wasn't worthy and knew she still had a task to do. And swim and pray she had chosen wisely. Go on.
1: No, go on. Was...
0: I did not cross that bitter ocean, only to drown now. Nor will I let you. Um, the other one says, "Oh, well, what can we do now?" And the says, "The only thing we can do is swim." And I'm, I'm thinking of Dory. Just keep swimming. Just keep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Except for the fact that, you know, she wouldn't have been able to. Nothing,
0: Nothing they've said has yet actually made it make sense for her to think she can jump off that ship hundreds of miles from shore, not knowing that she's going to encounter any kind of boats or rafts in between, and think she's going to survive that. Like, what, does she think that... Um... Olmo was gonna just show up and help her. Maybe she really... Maybe she did think that. I don't know. Um... The Olmo I'm referring to is the Valor of, uh... Ocean and waters. Okay... Next they're uh showing the Elven Smiths um and Kela is then met by Halbrand, who um admires his craft, and you can see the gemstones he will that will later be crafted into um the rings. Yeah, Vilya, Narya, and Nenya. A red stone, a blue stone, and a white stone. And Halbren notices the gems and asks Celebrimbor what he plans to use them for. And Celebrimbor's answer is that Fionor's gems captured the essence of Valinor and he'd hoped to do the same for Middle-earth. Um, Which, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's, that shows that he's thinking ahead there.
0: Now... <laughs> My best understanding of the Elven Rings at the time of um, Lord of the Rings is that they basically preserved the magic of certain locations and um, prevented the wear or tear of time on them. So I guess calling it capturing the essence of Middle-earth could be related to that. Um Halbren asks about this uh peculiar ore, what is it? Um referring to the mythril and celibrimbor is not enough. And Helbron says oh, well what it not enough for what? And he suggests combining it with another metal to stretch it out. Which you know you might think Celibrimbor being a master smith would have done that sort of thing before?
1: You would, but he doesn't seem to have. Also Also, Celebrimboron is very obsessed with making sure this project goes <laughs> forward.
0: Or maybe he just didn't want to use anything less than more mithril to do this. You know, maybe he thinks he'll spoil it if he uses anything other than mithril for this project. Um, Halbrand and Celebrimbor, they debate whether this will weaken the qualities or even strengthen it. Um, Halbrand being on the side of this will actually make it stronger. Celebrimbor says that's an intriguing idea. And Halbrand says, call it a gift. Which, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a specific wording there.
1: Yeah. And that's it's going to be interesting that uh what happens later.
0: On uh Numenor, Palantir appears to be dying and Ferrazon is already discussing his tomb and to capture his likeness for making the carving, he wants each of the artists um to be granted one hour with the king to and use it well and when it's Eorion's turn, he seems to not recognize her and thinks she is his daughter Muriel. And he says, I know what you are doing in the dark of night. If Art Island is not restored to the old ways it will fall. And Eorion is freaked out by this and calls for help. And then Tar Palantir calls for her to go up, but to not look too long or end up being like him and not able to separate what is from what was or will be. Um, And she goes up and finds uh, Palantir and the cloth is removed from it. Now, I've said before, m- we've said before about Palantirs and how that's not actually what their magic does. Yeah, well, um, yeah. It's the Mirror of Galadriel that does that.
1: The well, Planters just, like, show you a lot of things. It's like an information overload. And it can show you, like, really, really bad things. Well, not so bad things, but the point is it's going to depend... It depends mostly on the user, doesn't it?
0: Um, it. yeah, I mean, there was the thing where... Sauron was using the Palantir to specifically show um, Denethor visions of his destruction and horrors so that Denethor was basically doom scrolling with Sauron and yeah. um, weakening his will to defend the city. Yeah. But it wasn't showing the future, it was showing stuff Sauron was it's already show- doing.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's what it often... It will, like, it depends, like I said, on the user, doesn't it? Like, The idea is that somebody who really knew what they were doing would be able to use one, maybe.
0: Maybe. And also you could send messages to another user. There's the thing, you might be talking to Sauron on the other end of that. Yeah, texting Sauron. You're texting Sauron. But in the case of Rings of Power, it seems to um, have been adapted to have powers more along the lines of Galadriel's mirror, showing things that have happened, things that are happening, or things that will or might happen in the future. And apparently the king is having trouble separating those things. Oh, so the king is... Looks like he's in his 90s, if not over 100. and. I noticed
1: that too. Like, he looks really, 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 really old.
0: Some people he are gonna like, have problems dying. with that, even if they're not messing with exactly. magic. Exactly.
1: He's dying. I, th- I think he was, like, supposed to be, like, well over a hundred or something, but I don't, know. I don't know. You might know exactly how long he was.
0: Um, I... Don't. I don't know. I mean, that's obscure. He's probably... He's probably older than that, just because yeah. he's Numenorian. so yeah, he could yeah.
1: be... Well, that's why I was wondering if, like, he was just extra long-lived, because... They tend to, but I don't. I don't know. That's that's like I said. That's more your department. But I don't blame you. I don't blame anyone. If they I don't at remember at the
0: exact lifespans of various Numenoreans. Yeah, know.
1: exactly. It's like that's really obscure. I
0: mean, yes, I'm an obsessed fan, but that only goes so far. Um, yeah. um Next, the elves have a council, and. Kelebrimbor proposes he can make an object that's circular to reflect the light in a continuous arc, like a crown. But who. Um, Gilgalad is like, about who would hold this much power? It is perilous. Brimbor says it's going to be you, Gilgalad. And he got the idea from the Southlander. A human? I mean, Gilgalad is kind of unsure about getting advice from a human on this kind of stuff. Um, It would be power of spirit of the unseen world over flesh. And, like, where are you getting these ideas? Oh, from his smiths. What happened to you, Celebrimbor? Um, Galadriel says there isn't enough time, the great tree is losing its leaves fast, and all are going to have to leave the city.
1: Everybody. It's
0: going to have to be an evacuation. But Elrond bargains for three months to work on his project first. For what would apparently should take centuries. but constraint is the progenitor of uh, invention.
1: Something like
0: that. Yeah, that's another. This almost sounds like some kind of in-real-life joke about procrastination on a project and then being right on top of your deadline. But it sounds wise and deep when an elf says it.
1: Yeah, well, that's again, goes back to the writing thing.
0: Now, have you noticed... It's getting a little ominous talk about power over flesh and getting into the unseen world. So this information ideas supposedly coming from Halbrand are getting a little uh troubling.
1: And not only that, but it's also like how does he know this much? Like he seems to know a lot more than we'd previously <laughs> thought. He seems to be on the ball more Uh, because initially when Galadriel found him he's like not really he's sort of like he seems more confused like he's trying like he knows what's going on but he's also trying to figure it out he doesn't seem I mean he's an outsider he doesn't seem like he uh, would necessarily know what to say to anyone now he's saying all the right things to the right people and he knows things like he knows things that You wouldn't expect just this... Even a well-educated person to necessarily know. He's holding conversation with the elves.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Um, then Halbrand is expressing amazement that he is here in Erygion. And, um, thanks Galatriel for saving his life. And, um, as she says, that he saved hers. And he'd all but given up, but... Um, she believed him and saw strength in him and pushed him to heights that he never thought he would be. And I'll never forget that, and I'll see that no one else does either. Now, do uh, you take anything uh, from that conversation in particular?
1: What was the conversation? which one was it?
0: Uh... Oh, the one about um being amazed that here he is in a rigion and thanks her for saving his life and Yeah, well, oh yeah, the
1: whole conversation was uh I feel like it was cryptic. Uh well, here's the thing. We'll get to what... we'll have to come back to this because um, I I'll, I know hold on. we we have to come back to it because I well, we, I have to explain how I viewed this. I did not get to view this in a conventional way. Uh, like so many. Anyway.
0: Whether it's related to this conversation or not, out of curiosity, I uh, looked up the meaning of the name Halbrand. And apparently, Hal means lifted, and Brand means tall. So lifted tall it can also mean like noble Yeah. Now that's that doesn't necessarily mean much on its own. I mean that that sounds like a name that uh anyone could've given their son back then if you expect him to be, you know, a tall and noble or whatever. Yeah.
1: Paul Noble, that, that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense based on what you know at first.
0: But being lifted to heights, um, this conversation...
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I think that... Alright, I have to explain. I was spoiled on certain things before I saw the episode. Uh... <laughs> I did not see it right away when it came out. And also people were spoiling it even before uh certain things came out. So uh I think that the conversation is sort of uh it, it, there there's more than one meaning to almost every word. Uh he's the way he's saying it, he's saying it in a very uh bizarre uh almost it, it, he's saying it in a cryptic way. Like, a lot of that could be doublespeak for things. And I think um. it very much comes up that way. Um, and he, I mean... Oh, puppy, it, it it's okay. Somebody woke
0: the dog. Way.
1: It doesn't come up that way until after certain revelations. It just seems like he's saying, you helped save me. Um, and, you know, she really did. Uh based on what happens, I think it could be like, oh, you helped motivate me to save myself. Which uh, sounds wholesome, but given later revelations of uh, what's going on here, uh, we'll see what
0: happens. So, um, Next, back to Greenwood the Great, and the priestesses are telling the stranger that as his powers awaken... He will lose the veil over his mind that those who cast him down put there. I presume they mean uh, the Valar. And he fell from the stars, but is greater than they. He commands fire, dust, heat and cold, wind and water. And all creatures will... He will learn to command them all, and all creatures that walk or crawl will be his slaves. and the star formation is called that he's been looking for is called the hermit and is visible to the east over the land of rune yeah. and the stranger is all confused by this and he's starting to make the wind blow with his powers and then the lead priestess knocks him out with something blown from her fingers. In time, he will learn to control his power, for now bind him. Oh, well, yeah, eventually. Yeah. And,
1: eventually she does that, and then... Because there's, like, a whole bunch of uh, stuff going on with that. But,
0: yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, that's...
1: Uh... You call... Everyone calls him the stranger, or... People have been calling him Meteor Man, which I find hilarious because there was Oh, a...
0: they were calling him that in the beginning, and I kind of stopped because it sounds corny, but...
1: Okay. Meteor Man was a movie that was in, what, 92?
0: 93.
1: Oh, I was close. It was 1993. It's about a guy. It is currently 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it is a classic sci-fi. It's about a guy who gets hit with a meter and becomes a superhero, and it's it's a thing.
0: Anyway. And for a cult that supposedly worships Sauron... Yeah. Um, they're sure into knocking him out and binding him if he seems to be doing something outside of their immediate control. Mm-hmm. Which is an odd way to treat the supposed god.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, what's...
0: I think the lead priestess seems to want to be the ultimate power here. Almost like, why is she even looking for Sauron? Why doesn't she set herself up with whatever magic she has if that's how she wants it? Well, anyway, while this is happening, Sadok and other Harfoots are watching. And um priest, the priestesses bind the stranger between two trees, and the Harfords um go to untie him while the priestesses are not looking, but something seems off about him, and make his eyes open, and they draw back and then a priestess throws a knife which hits Sadok.
1: Yeah, it hits him, and... Now, where does it hit him? Because we were... I thought
0: like, it was... Like, somewhere, like, between the chest and the stomach, it yeah, looked like.
1: Yeah, at first I thought it was not as bad, but, yeah, it's, it's a lethal hit.
0: Um, and then the stranger morphs into the priestess later. And... Next, the real stranger comes and engages as the priestesses in a magical battle, which involves lots of uh, making rocks move and fly through the air and gravity defying. And I'm not ultimately sure what I saw, because if that wasn't the real stranger they tied to the tree, why'd they tie their priestess later there? What? How did the real stranger get away? Couldn't tell any of that.
1: Well, I'm not entirely sure either, but it's one of those things where they don't... I'll have to watch it again, but they might not show it fully.
0: Um, one of the hard forts is um, pinned to a tree by thrown daggers, like ninja style, through her clothes. So, um, she's not actually hurt, but she's pinned to the tree by her clothes. Um. And... Um, one of the priestess picks up fire in her hand and sets the forest on fire.
1: Yeah, and...
0: Then what happens? Oh, the, the stranger is um, still pretty confused and distressed and says "They, they told me what I am and noise like no that's you know that's not what you are it's what you it's your choices which you know yeah it's kind of a bit of a cliche speech at this point but it's not wrong it's not wrong but
1: also what happens then (laughs) then the stranger
0: Yeah, actually picks up the staff picks up the staff and at first I think Oh, they he's actually becoming Sauron. He's got the Sauronic looking eye staff in his hand and Um and then Yeah, he goes to battle the Um priestesses and a Harford is throwing rocks um, the leader picks up the fire and threatens to burn the Harfoots with it
1: and then the stranger
0: yeah noise shouts to stop her and the stri- and
1: stranger puts out all the fire
0: the stranger puts out all the fire
1: just, he just uses the his magic
0: I got some of this sequence out of order yes um, this is when the stranger starts to magically battle them with the staffs with the staff and that's when they say no we have made a mistake it is the other the east star and that's when he says I am good go back to the I am good go back to the shadow from which you came and the magic first shows the priestess in kind of a um, negative photo x-rayish form showing outlines similar to the Nazgul yeah they do like a whole and then they kind of just churn into clouds of moths and blow away. Including the staff, too. To
1: we yeah, we don't know what's happening, if they're actually dead, if they're... Like
0: or even dead. if they're actually human. And they said, go back to the shadow from which you came. Does that mean they might be fell spirits of some kind, yeah, or...
1: The skeleton outlines. Like I said, it's done that with uh, other...
0: Uh there's Spirit no
1: and with uh and with Nazgûl.
0: There's no reason that they should actually be the Nazgûl because they came around a lot later. No, but
1: they could be, you know, prototypes or something.
0: Or maybe they're Yeah, they might be some other variety of wraith. I don't know what all The unseen worlds isn't just Nazgûl. But how much there is, it's not really known. Um, moths are definitely a symbol associated with Gandalf and, um, identifying him as one of the Easter, that also, uh, that would make him one of the wizards. Yeah. But after this is done, Sadok is still wounded and he's dying, or as he puts it, he's about to go wandering off-trail. Um, The missus will be waiting. And he'd like to sit a while and watch the sun come up. Now, I I guess the stranger's magic is not strong enough to possibly heal him or maybe he he doesn't have enough control of it yet because you would think he would have tried to do something.
1: But he doesn't. No, well, I don't know if he understands what he can do yet. He's still learning. And
0: I don't know if... Even Gandalf can do that. I mean...
1: We don't have any... He was
0: around for Thorin, too, and he didn't...
1: Yeah, and we don't have any indication... And other deaths, too. We don't have any indication that he could actually stop death. Maybe heal, but not necessarily stop.
0: So, yeah, Sadok passes. Sitting up, yeah, watching the sun.
1: It's very sad and touching... And the hardfoots all then get together
0: um next, you see the on the Numenorean ship, Muriel is learning to find her way around in the hold, blind um gets on um Elendil's case for patronizing her like I'll take away your cap and see if you keep up with that and she offers him leave of service for his loss. Um, apparently Isildur is still thought dead. Yep. And he speaks of his reason for rescuing Galadriel from the sea, for following her to Middle-earth and allowing his son to do so. Elendil does not only mean lover of the stars. Now, a little refresher, it also means elf friend. I'll point out, I think it's common decency to fish Galadriel out of the water. I yeah. mean. If
1: you see somebody drowning,
0: you help
1: them. I mean. Unless you're totally callous towards uh, human life. Or, or elven life, life, life in this case. Uh, but, but this is sort of another hint uh, about Halbrin, which is kind of weird.
0: Um, Miriel talks about the meaning of being faithful, it's agreeing to pay the price before they know the cost, and Elendil agreeing that, trusting that it will be worth it in the end. Um, Numenor is sighted, and they arrive back, and there are ships with black banners with stars, and, uh, Tar Palantir is seen in bed, I think he is dead. I think he's dead. I'm not...
1: I think he's dead, too.
0: Hey, Mina, you don't need to block out the light. The cat. Ugh. Um. Next, there's a, see an explosion scene in the tower. And the smiths are um working on trying to forge the metal and they're having trouble making it join
1: but uh, yeah cuz it's rejecting working with all the other metals and like, also the, the finding the
0: seen and unseen world um Halbrand thinks that the trouble might be um trying to get the seen and unseen worlds burning together with the ring or, sorry, the... We all know he's making a ring at this point. How big a spoilers did I just...
1: No, we know that the rings are being made. We mentioned it earlier. The three rings.
0: And the metal should be coaxed to join, not forced. Now, I have no I- real idea what this means in any kind of smithing terms or if this is even a thing. Um. I'm thinking not.
1: I don't
0: know exactly, but... And Halbrand says to Galadriel, it's too much power for one object, we're making two. Um, Galadriel asks two crowns, and Halbrand says not exactly, no. And Galadriel says, I'm not helping you till I know who you are. The last king of the Southlands was over a thousand years ago, he had no... He's
1: clearly lying. He's clearly been lying this whole
0: time. He had no heir. There is no king of the Southlands. And Halbrand says, I told you that I took the sigil from a dead man. She goes over the many ways that Halbrand has helped her, including leaving Numenor. And he says, I wanted to stay. And fighting against her enemies. while well, they were my enemies, too. I have been awake since before the breaking of the first silence, since that time I have had many names, and Galadriel tries to stab him right on the spot, but he holds her back successfully. Yeah. And next, Galadriel has a vision of meeting Finrod in a field of flowers. Um, he says she kept the dagger safe and worked so long and been so brave to finish his task and Galadriel says that the task was hunt her task was hunting Sauron and Finron says, No, my task was to bring peace to Middle Earth. Sauron was trying to heal Middle Earth, just as the elves are. Do you remember what I said to you under the tree? Touch the darkness one more time. And she's like, No, you're dead Yeah. Anyway. Next the vision shifts to Galadriel on the raft again with Halbrand And Helbrandt says, you know who I am. I'm a friend in Galadriel's. You are a friend of Morgoth.
1: She mentioned before all that, too, that she's responsible for her brother's death. And he seems, like, legit upset by that. And He, at this point, says, when Morgoth was defeated, it felt like a fist had unclenched within him. So... He feels free, I guess.
0: And then he's going to go and um, heal what uh, Morgoth has done. And she says no amount of penance can pay for what you've done. The evil that you've done. What do you think of this with with Morgoth the fist on clenching Do you think it's a sort of, oh, he doesn't have a Morgoth as a boss anymore, so he can do uh, his own brand of evil his own way? Or do you think he actually meant that in any kind of earnest?
1: No, I think he meant it. I think that he means uh, he's trying to do his own thing, and he's even open to, like, you know... No, I'm not going to say he's actually open to any sort of change, He just thinks he is. And he thinks he's free now, finally.
0: And he says that he had already told her he had done evil things and she didn't care about that. That's just the future that matters. Well, well, he clearly hadn't told her exactly how much evil things he'd done.
1: That's what he says to her. She
0: probably thought that he'd done some kind of... Kill the guy. Or,
1: you know... I may have stolen or something.
0: Some kind of human sketchiness of the ordinary kind, yes. She says that there is no future and he says, well, what will people say about how they had been allies, how Sarn is alive because of her and Next, he proposes ruling together to save Middle-earth.
1: He clearly has a thing for her. He wants to make her his queen.
0: <laughs> There's already been a joke about, um, some, about Amazon giving some, some writer so much money to make a, uh, Galadriel Xaron uh, fanfic, and-
1: Well, there you go.
0: Kind of true. So, yeah, he proposes the ruling together to, quote-unquote, save Middle-earth. She would be a queen, you know, beautiful as the dawn, stronger than the foundations of the earth. Yeah, they dropped the stronger than the foundations of the earth line, almost almost word for word. And she kind of looks tempted, but she rejects it. Um, in particular, yeah, he says, oh, he would give her power, and she would, he would anchor her to power, and she would anchor him to the light, him to the light, and she's like, is this to save Middle-earth, or to rule it? And he's like, oh, it's the same thing, and then she says, oh, this is why I'll never work with you.
1: And then she turns against
0: him. Yes. Um, next in this vision, she's, um, drowning overboard, the same as she was when she fell off the raft. And when she comes to, she's in the regular, probably kind of shallow river going through a region, and she comes up just ready to stab Elrond. And she seems to think Elrond might still be Sauron and she makes him prove he's Elrond and he brings back a specific memory of him as an orphan wandering on the beach and her giving him water which um, she's satisfied that that's really him and she's relieved um, and they say that w- the work is nearly finished and Galadriel runs to stop it um, Halbrand is al- already gone she says he's gone she says she doesn't think he's going to come back and none are to treat with him again
1: yep now she doesn't mention who she is <laughs> exactly does, does, she, does no. she yeah there well, you go it shows sort of I think that Galadriel mm-hmm. is kind of afraid that what Sauron said might uh, happen
0: but she thinks they should continue the work and there should be three objects um, rather than just one that will corrupt or two that will divide. Three for balance. And made just by the elves and, uh, and power for just the elves alone and others aren't to touch it. And- just the
1: elves alone. So that I think is like sort of a... It's interesting that uh, you, this is how they start the ring just as something for the elves alone. And I'm trying to remember, is that how that was from what I remember? Yes
0: and no. Well, oh, from what
1: I remember, it was just they made uh, the elves at first and then they made the dwarves and the uh, one for men. But they made them, I thought, mostly at the same time.
0: Yes, or from my understanding, timeline? it was more... Um, Sauron and Celebrimbor working together, they made the rings for the men and the rings for the dwarves. But then Celebrimbor figured out what was going on and made the elven rings without letting Sauron, uh, quote unquote, help. So they were untouched by Sauron's corruption. They were still dangerous magical objects to only be used, you know, in the right ways by the right people. But they weren't inherently evil, unlike the other rings. And Sauron did not. Um, have power over them. And this seems to be totally skipping or postponing the um, Nazgul rings and the dwarf rings. Um, Definitely isn't getting into the One Ring yet. Which, from my understanding, Sauron made himself using some ring-making knowledge that he learned partly from Celebrimbor, but without Celebrimbor actually helping with it. Well, anyway, they need very pure gold and silver from Valinor. Uh, It's obviously impractical to actually go to Valinor to get that.
1: Yeah, it would take way too long. So it makes or sense. maybe
0: even the idea is maybe they wouldn't be able to get back, which I don't consider to be an actual canon thing. But I don't consider
1: that. I thought they were mentioned time at one point too. Um,
0: Whether it's and... that or a time thing, they need this pure gold and silver from Valinor.
1: So Galadriel sacrifices her. Uh,
0: yes, by... they say true true creation requires sacrifice and looks to Galadriel's dagger, and. Yeah, the hilt looks like it's made out of the correct metals, and she, um, the idea is that she's going to give that up. Um, next, the stranger is remembering fragments. War has come, and he must go to Rune. I don't understand why he's got to go to Rune, if he really is Gandalf. Yeah. I never associated Gandalf with Rune in any way. Maybe the blue wizards?
1: Yeah, maybe he's going to meet with the others. That's what I thought. Even all of them, maybe they're all going to... Because don't they all show up at roughly the same time as well? Yes, yeah, so so I believe should so. should mean that the other wizards are out there. So the Saruman, Radagast, and what are the names of the two blue wizards? I Alatar and Palando.
0: Well, they... What was that again? Alatar and Palando. Okay, well there you go. It's uh, been suggested that the reason they're not mentioned in the Peter Jackson films by names is because they're not mentioned by name in Lord of the Rings. And Peter Jackson, neither Peter Jackson nor Amazon actually have the rights to the Silmarillion. Nope. Or the various other Tolkien writings, just Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, Noi thinks that maybe the priestesses were wrong or were lying. I I don't think they were, but I don't exactly think they were trying to summon him to any council of wizards either. I think there was something, uh, worse going on that, you know, maybe if he is Gandalf, he should know about this and find out, but... Uh,
1: I imagine he should either he should have some sort of idea about
0: it. Um, the stranger says that he senses they were telling the truth, and she asks about Star. He says it means in their language, wise ones, or wizards. And he talked about your feet going where your heart doesn't want to tread. She says that sounds like an adventure. Um the stranger says adventures are meant to be shared and Noy says I've had as much of adventures as any Harford would want. <laughs> the Harfords are preparing to continue their migration on fort without carts this time. Saddock is missed but still alive in their hearts. And Nori is given a blessing to continue adventuring with the stranger. They've even packed extra snails for him. <clears throat> uh, how they're going to keep those alive or good for that long? Who knows? But <sighs> and Dad, Largo gives her some pithy Hobbit proverbs. Always quench your fires, water on the earth. You know that almost sounds like a Smokey the Bearism.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But they, they have, like, a nice little ritual, and they have a nice um, little head don't,
0: shake. don't squat by the river. You never know when you might need to drink downstream. Okay, there's a pee joke. Yeah. A Harford without manners is as like to get far in life as a squirrel. And then they have a farewell gesture where it first put their... Hands on each other's ears, and then they put their foreheads together, and then they put their hands on the heart and hold hands, and then put their foreheads against their held hands.
1: Yep.
0: And uh, her well, mother I says to it. find where the river runs and where the sparrows learn their song, and she says, I'll oh, be careful. And, her mom says no you'll be bold and they have a family hug and then Poppy goes running to see her friend off and this is, why does everyone I love always have to go away they say that they're the best of friends and would do anything for each other and a part of I thought at first that maybe they were gonna have a Frodo and Sam kind of moment where I'm going to mortar alone yes of course you are and I'm coming with you but it wasn't like that they actually did part and it yeah. was sad and yeah it
1: was very
0: sad Poppy should have gone with her um Nori says um because we if we didn't we'd never learn anything new um, you'll take care of the others. I will, you're my best friend And they're crying and the stranger has her lead, she doesn't know which way. There's a sweet smell in the air. When in doubt, Eleanor Brandyfoot, always follow your nose. Which is that's a Gandalfism. That pretty much confirms it, was it is
1: Gandalf, yes. Yes.
0: Um, the Harfords move on in a in a long line, and the Stranger and Noig move on in the opposite direction. And then in Eregion, Galadriel's dagger is being melted down for forging. Elrond adds the mithril, and the melting mithril with the dagger looks kind of like an eye.
1: Yep, that's clearly on purpose and alluding to things. So, all three of the rings are made.
0: They're showing the forging and molding, and Elbone is on the riverbank with all sorts of daffodils and irises, and he finds a scroll. And um, then the gems are added blue, white, and red, and there are three rings. And then you see Halbrand headed for a stormy-looking Mordor, and the end credits at.
1: And what is that? They have the song song.
0: from the rhyme "The Three Rings for the Elven Kings under the Sky." Yeah, they've sung
1: now. Who's singing that?
0: I do not know who's singing
1: that. Well, it's a really good rendition. It's really catchy. Like, so it's really well done.
0: So they sing the rhyme from the end, from the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Yep, the book. And that's the end of the episode. um I feel like they played up the which one is Sauron thing more than the rest of the story,
1: yeah, but I think they made it I think the episode ended strongly overall, and I definitely want to see season two, although season two I know is going to probably take a while, so
0: I don't mind how Brandis. I don't mind Halbrand of Sauron, but... Go ahead. You don't mind Halbrand of Sauron? I don't mind Halbrand of Sauron, but in some ways it did feel sort of anticlimactic. And why did he skip making the Nazgul rings? Why did he skip making the dwarf rings? Um, The elf rings were made after um, Sauron had... Um, created his wings tainted by evil and Celebrimbor um, <coughs> decided to make his own, you know, to give the elves power against it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess we'll find out. Do we have any idea when season two uh, starts? I don't. Alright, well, we'll have to find that and make a major announcement. But I anyways.
0: loved the Harfoots. I liked the Gandalf plot. Um, I liked seeing uh, Numenor.
1: Yeah, I like I like I like the world expansion on this so far. So, but we'll have to see uh, season two. So tune in for the rest of House of the Dragon.
0: And we have also continuing on with the Fellowship of the Ring. Um. So, um. Look for those episodes. And thank you for listening to Caston's the Fire podcast. And good night.